Today on the show, we share our thoughts and first impressions of the first episode of the new Paramount Plus Halo series. Welcome to Lore Party's special coverage of the Halo television series. On this limited run of the Lore Party podcast, we'll be providing in-depth recaps of each episode of the new Paramount Plus series based on the timeless sci-fi shooter franchise. Welcome to the show. My name's Connor, and uh, joining me as always, my partners in crime, uh, Jaden. Hello. And Kevin. What's going on? We're ready to start this fight. (laughs) Get it? Because we, we haven't finished it yet because the show just started. Oh, I'm hilarious. God. Very clever. Anyways. I like that. I like that a lot. Coming out strong. right? Absolutely. Right off the, right off the bat. No, we, we are gathered here for a very special purpose. We're, we're, the three of us are finally doing a television review, which is new new for us. Usually we talk. Every game. other podcast producer on Lore Party is doing one, so we thought we might as well get to do one too. Let's get in on it. Yeah, we're, we're Who's doing three, so we might as well get one. Okay. Yeah, we got to catch up. Yeah, normally we talk game lore, but today we're talking game lore that has been loosely translated to a television show. Uh, the- yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, yeah. We need to preface this by saying that like uh, the producers of this show said we didn't literally look at the, the, the lore of the games when we made this show. We looked at the characters. Mm-hmm. So... As, as longtime Halo fans, we're going to have to uh, be forgiving with some of the, the narrative plot points that we're going to discuss today because they are, some of them are quite different. Yeah. And whether or not we like them has no bearing on the story because maybe they'll make sense for this version right. of the Halo universe. You know, I they know might I... not make sense for the one that we know, but they might make sense for the one that we're going to know over exactly. the course of, what is this, eight? episodes long nine episodes something like that i think eight i'm not sure because it's not canon to the games mm-hmm. so we're gonna have some fun and yeah i, fun. I know that's, i told jaden this for. i was like hey man like let's not be those uh generic uh, stereotypical star wars fans we're not gonna <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna i resemble that remark sir <laughs> which we I mean, are resent. to be clear no wait <laughs> both there's there's gonna be a lot of discrepancies and there'll be nitpicky things and probably right. some lore differences but um Obviously, these episodes are going to be super spoiler heavy as well. Yes. Um, yeah. So but, if you haven't watched yeah. them, please go watch them and then come back and then you can agree or disagree with us. That's also, correct. I'm calling it now. Maybe something that I hate now, I will like five or six episodes into this. Very possible. Because we're going to yeah. talk about one thing at the end that I was like, oh, what the hell is that? And I might actually like it. I don't think you're going to like yeah. the CG, though. I, I don't. I don't nah, think so we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll get to all of it. Don't worry. But yes, it's that's a very good point. I think any any fan, especially you know the fans of the Halo games over the years, it always serves you well to go into an adaptation with an open mind, especially with this where, yeah, they're, it's going to depart from what you know pretty pretty heavily. So, um, just kind of take it as its own thing. It's a new thing. Uh, it's establishing an entirely new universe. It's just kind of inspired by the ones we know and love. Yep. But. Uh, Let's, without further ado, we're going to start with, as Kevin mentioned, a very spoiler-heavy recap of the episode itself. We're going to take a look at the main story beats and uh, just uh, break it all down from there. So yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, be warned. Uh, Go no further if you're avoiding spoilers. So, episode one, 
of the Halo series, Contact, opens on a uh, remote desert planet called Madrigal, where uh, we, we kind of are introduced to the local population who uh, I, I guess it's fair to say are not on good terms with the UNSC. No, sir, which, they are insurgents, which is always yes. something that we were... That's the difference in the games right off the bat. It's like, you know, the games, you didn't fight the insurgents. Right off the right. bat, like, they were... They were some background stuff that you learned about. This now it's right. like, hey, we are meeting these guys face to face, which I actually really liked. Rebel I like that scum. too. <laughs> exactly. I liked that you know insurgents who are really just alluded to in the games, never really confronted face to face. We we have them front and center uh, at the very beginning of the show, which is cool. Uh, these are you know insurgents who live on a a planet that just so happens to be very rich in liquid deuterium, which is a key component of starship fuel at this at this point. And yeah, they, they mention, these people mention fighting the UNSC, which is basically the interstellar government of the time. That's if, if you're not familiar with Halo, that's all you need to know about. It's the human government, basically. And we're also introduced to uh, a teenage girl named Quan Ha. And Quan's father happens to be a general, a very important member of the insurrection, this uh, anti-UNSC I, I believe he leads all the forces of Madrigal. Right, he's basically in charge of the planet and uh, has kind of connections to the rest of the insurrection network. Um, so yeah, these are, these are interesting people we're being introduced to right now. And like, it's important that they are not UNSC friendly. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of confront that later on. And so being teenagers, of course, Quan and her friends kind of get into some shenanigans outside the settlement. They, uh, unfortunately stumble. They're doing drugs, guys. They're (laughs) They're doing doing drugs. drugs. That's (laughs) what they're doing. Yeah. They're They're getting high. Space weed. Space mushrooms or whatever the fuck. Space shrooms. No, like what what else are you going to do on a desert planet? Like with nothing, nowhere to go. You're alone and bored. Yeah. That's, that's what's going to happen. But unfortunately, while they're tripping balls, they come across a team of Sanghili or elites, as you might call them, um, covenant warriors, basically who are, excavating a nearby mountain and the Sangheli immediately launch an all-out assault on the settlement on Madrigal and just start slaughtering civilians indiscriminately. When it's all over, Quan's the only survivor of this absolute massacre and she only is able to survive thanks to the intervention of Silver Team. And this is a group of four Spartan II operatives who are just dropped out of the air and save the day and start, you know, wrecking shit up and just killing aliens left and right. And of course, leading this team is none other than our man, the big man himself, Master Chief Petty Officer John 117, the legend. And as far as I know, he is the only character at at this point in the show that we are familiar with. All of these Spartans that we see are new Spartans. I, you know, there might be some lore on them, but as far as I know, this is the first time we're seeing them in any sort of medium. I believe Silver Team is created for the show. They're not Blue Team, Red Team. We know, we know of entities. John, yeah, of John's had a couple of teams, but yeah. this is this is a right. new team. But Silver's new. Yeah, and and uh, this team also they, it's it's very um, one of those very precise teams where like you have a mm-hmm. sniper, you have your you know uh, brute force kind of like it's very yeah your your dual pistol lady yeah it's very <laughs> you know. Spartan they team. They have specializations. Which, which yeah. by the way, uh, in this sequence, you do see an elite who's carrying uh, a sword and a plasma rifle, and I was like, see, developers? It can be done. There you go. <laughs> it's not that hard. See that? Look right there, uh, Halo Infinite people. Bring back dual wielding, please. Uh, but yeah, you, you uh, have this amazing opening action sequence. I Honestly, I'll get to this later, but I was a big fan of this opening scene where Silver Team, these four 
killing machines. So these four Spartans just start engaging the Sanghili and uh, wipe them out. But unfortunately, just in the melee, in the in the mayhem, every insurgent civilian on Madrigal except for Quan is is killed. So uh, Silver Team, you know, just says, "Okay, job done. We're moving on." Like you, Jade, you and I have talked about that trademark Spartan uh, efficiency and yep. impar- impartiality. Just well, everything here is dead. Let's let's go somewhere else and moving on to our next objective. And, and then they Chief end- also like. Mm-hmm. Just turns around. And is like, oh wait, scratch that. One more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. one. There's one human. Right. And then he's just like, all right, cool. And they just turns right, around yeah. and they just still leave anyway. <laughs> yeah. He calls it in. He's like, no survivors. Turns around, sees Quan. Scratch that one survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Correction. One survivor. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, they they eventually find the mountain that the the elites were kind of digging into, and they recover this mysterious object buried inside the mountain. And when John touches this artifact it reacts to him like it lights up and activates and a nearby elite warrior sees this and he you know he darts off he, he manages to escape the silver team and fly uh fly back to base but you know they wrap up there both Quan and the artifact are taken back by the spartans to unsc fleet command on planet reach we know reach good old uh good old reach hey nice to see reach again can i can i just say i did think it was very funny when the elite left it very much felt like a i'll get you next time gadget <laughs> like it just literally just so a banshee just flying off into the sky and i'm just you like you haven't seen the last of me spartans like, like <laughs> our, which i'm calling it now that spart that that elite uh is arbiter next season oh, like that, i almost guarantee that... they're gonna be like i was the one who saw you chief and now i am oh. the arbiter could be cool. Yeah. Could be cool. Cool. That's a word for it. it yeah, it could be a lot of things. <laughs> but, and but before before they leave Madrigal though, John starts to uh see things. He has visions that almost seem like memories, but he's not sure that they're his. He just all he knows is that he's seeing things and they seem like the type of memories that a child might have he's having almost yep. childhood memories and he's very confused and shaken up by he's reporting that to to, to Catherine halsey mm-hmm. which uh is she has the face that has the most concern for anyone saying i saw a dog <laughs> yeah. John's like, i saw a dog and she was she was you like what what? <laughs> what you saw what but i, I mean obviously I'll, I'll just say this now i think we're i'm sure we're all thinking it this is very likely a forerunner artifact. It's pretty obvious totally. that it's a forerunner. Hundred percent, yeah. totally, hundred percent. So we'll, they were digging in the rocks for it. There's no way it wasn't. And I mean, like it, it, it literally acted like the whole like don't press that button, DD, and then he did it, and then it was like there you go. Pretty much, yeah. Yep. But after seeing these, after having these visions, Chief is shaken up. He's not sure what's happening. So he separates from Silver Team, which is against procedure. One of his teammates says, "That's that's not protocol. Like we're supposed to be in elements of two at all times." And he's like, "No, nah, don't worry about it. I'm good. I'll take the civilian and the artifact back. Don't worry about me." He's like, "I have a friend. It's called civilian." <laughs> <laughs> and so we then cut away to Reach, where, as you mentioned, Doctor Catherine Halsey is monitoring John's post mission status and. Again, like you said, she's she has she's a little worried. She's not sure where this is going to go. And then we uh, have her in this really cool scene where she butts heads with uh, Admiral Margaret Parangoski, who is kind of the fleet brass who oversees Halsey's projects. And they they have this she's tense she's a replacement where, for uh, for Lord Hood in the kind of in the, kind the of canon. yeah. Now, he's I mean, not he's it, not he's not been erased, but I, yeah. I if I remember right, he was always the contact with the Spartan group, and now I think like. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Well, Parangoski in the books was the chief of Oni, and Oni did yes, have oversight of the Spartan right. program. So I'm pretty sure that's a one. That's a pretty 
clean translation from book to show where yeah. it does make sense that Perengoski's kind of Halsey's superior mm-hmm. in this scenario. But um, we also see that one project that Halsey's working on in particular, it kind of appears like she's cloning herself is, is yep. what it looks like. And Perengoski sees this and she immediately just, you know, is very stern. Why haven't you killed this thing yet? <laughs> yeah, like, what much. is that still doing here? <laughs> and just kind of warns Halsey, like, hey, you better watch yourself because Fleetcom is looking for any possible excuse to cut your funding. Even like, though, you're, even you're though hanging, you've created these, these cr- really crazy, cool, you know, killing machines. Super soldiers. I don't yeah. like what you're doing. We don't like you. Which it it fits. Everybody hates Halsey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is interesting because, yeah, in the books, there is all, there's all this pushback against Halsey from the rest of uh, the UNSC. I uh, wonder so why. Command. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, but, like, one of the things, though, is, like, a lot of people, co- you know, complain about the Spartan program being a waste of money. Like, they just, it's just too costly to be, you know, cost effective. So that's probably what Parangasi is referring to. Like, yep. hey, you know. God, th- yeah, it costs is... so much to win. We'd rather lose. Right. <laughs> pretty much well and in the in the comics uh or not in the comics in the in the canon of the show uh halsey never made a clone she made a clone of her own brain she cl- yeah so we'll, oh, we'll, we'll touch game. on that later the show the show it's in a the game full-blown yeah. yeah exactly it's in the show it's yeah. it's a full-blown human but in the games and in the, the books and stuff it was just a brain which why did she need to clone anything we'll find out maybe next episode perhaps so after that, we we briefly visit the Covenant Holy City of High Charity, this just gigantic floating city in space, where it's just where the the command structure of the Covenant, where their leaders live, and one of those leaders, uh, who we recognize from the games, which is kind of cool, the Prophet of Mercy appears. Yes, and he he speaks with um, a person, a, a character who basically just from all appearances is just a human, just a human woman. Uh, but Pro- the Prophet of Mercy refers to her as the Holy One. And, the Holy One. Yeah, so it, which is, I think, setting off alarm bells for all three of us. Like, why is a human on high charity, and why is a Prophet yes. of Mercy kind of deferring to her? What's going which, on here? My first reaction was, this is insane, this is really stupid. Mm. But then Connor made a very, very excellent point. Which was Connor? <laughs> I pointed. I, I I agreed with you. It was confusing at first, but after the episode was over, when I first watched it, I realized like maybe they're going to tie that into like a reclaimer sort of arc. Like maybe this person convinced the high the the hierarchs of the covenant that she is a forerunner of some kind, and which would make her an object of worship for them. Yeah. So it, it, they'll probably do something with that down. Well, well, yeah. One episode in, we have a lot of questions, obviously. So mm-hmm. we'll see what they do with this, but. Yeah, in this in this first episode, we have a human on high charity, and Mercy tells her that, oh, hey, by the way, that uh, relic we were looking for on Madrigal, the humans took it, and apparently they are able to activate it in the same way that you can. And that's mm-hmm. that's key for me. That like that's what kind of clicked yeah, things for me. I was like, oh, so they kind of on some level understand that humans are the reclaimers of forerunner technology. Yeah. So that kind of refers which, to that. Which, if if we're going again, going from the books and the canon. Mm-hmm. You know, the the prophets, they all knew that humans mm-hmm. were reclaimers. Mm-hmm. But they kept it secret from so the rest of the covenant. They kept it secret from the rest of them. So maybe we're going to see something. I Now, I think that might be too much for them to show in the show, personally. I don't know. I feel like it would be pretty, it would make for pretty good drama, you know? It would, but maybe they'll maybe they'll work it in in a way that's, le- that's more subtle than it was. Because in the books, it was kind of like, here's this big fucking detail. I'm wondering if they're going to be like, you tricked us, well, random girl whose name 
I don't know. I mean, they have they have we don't know they yet. have a human this time. Like they literally have a human with yeah, them. Yeah, they so, have one. And she's so wearing like, one of those like weird like 2021 or 2020, yeah, something like that, like fashion uh outfits on the runway is what she's wearing. We call those uh, the Padme Amidala's. It, it it literally <laughs> looks like straight off the runway from this year. Um but yeah, I I think that they're going to make that an emphasis because they've already shown yeah. a human working with them and They've acknowledged so. that you have the same ability. Like, I think they're well, gonna make it a little bit more. And and they and the language when she speaks to the prophet of mercy, which you gotta remember, the prophets are the three. Like, there's three of them, and they're the boys. You know, like those are the three big ones. Yeah, uh, 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 truth, mercy, and regret. And I think I and the way that she was speaking to her, it was not in a I'm in charge of you. It's a you are in charge of me. What are your Yeah, it orders? was deferential. Yeah. Which is like it's like well that changes a lot of things. Yeah. So, so what... maybe we'll see their dynamic change mm-hmm. as the series goes on. I expect it to change. What I think might happen and would be really cool if it did happen is if the kind of B plot of the series is like you know each episode we kind of refer back we we cut back to high charity and we kind of see that drama unfold of you know the hierarchs knowing the secret about the reclaimers and this human woman kind of maybe being outed as a human or revealing herself as a forerunner descendant or something like that that could be cool it could be we'll just have to see but but yeah so that scene wraps up and we kind of come back to reach where we were introduced to another new character well new to the show not new to the gamers (laughs) a young unsc officer working at the fleet comm staff uh, headquarters on reach named Miranda Keys, and she is tasked with sort of uh, being a trauma counselor almost for uh, for Quan Ha as she's being brought back to uh, to reach. I think I think they even call her a trauma counselor specialist. Something, something like that. Like, they, like that. Yeah, like, it's like we're going to have uh, Lieutenant Keys. It's very Keys. strange because, you yeah. know, as we all know from the games, uh, I would not describe her as a counselor of any kind yeah. unless you consider her a counselor of death. <laughs> yeah, Miranda she, in the games is not God. super touchy-feely. She's uh, really good at killing, even if it's her own troops. <laughs> and so she's being given the job of, the very unenviable job of reaching out to Quan and sort of convincing her to be a propaganda tool. Like, hey, we want you to speak to the rest of the UNSC and tell them what you saw in Madrigal, and we want you to praise the spartans basically who saved yep. who saved your life and quan Which, you know quan is, naturally says thank you but how about i ruin your fucking lives <laughs> instead yeah uh, but no like she flatly refused well she doesn't flatly refuse she does make a demand in return in return she demands independence for madrigal like if, if you want me to do this for you i want my home planet to be free of all unsc influence and control because that's what my father wanted. Which, that's what my father fought for his whole life. And we got to remember in the first scene, Quan's father died trying to protect her from the elite. Died horribly. Pretty brutally, yes. And so which, which, she's shaken up. Which was my question was like, how, like, on the one hand, I get it. The UNSC doesn't want to give independence to any of their colonies. But at the same time, like, how many of them are left on that planet? Yeah, her home settlement wasn't the only inhabited part of Madrigal. I'm like, assume, obviously but, it couldn't be, yeah. but I'm also like, man, there wasn't that many people there to begin with, and if that's where the general yeah. of the whole planet I want you to, was... I want you to give all ten of the inhabitants left independence. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so, like, she makes that demand. The and, 25 of us will rebuild! <laughs> we'll rebuild. 
So she she makes you know in return for her cooperation, she wants independence from Madrigal. That's her demand, and she's very firm on it. She's kind of like there's that fire in her, and she's taking a stand. And I think I think John notices that fire in in Quan, and he's a little moved by it. And that's my speculation, but un, unbeknownst to Quan, uh, she is in response to this defiance. She's marked for termination by Miranda's father, a UNSC captain named Jacob Keys. Now, technically, he didn't mark her for death he just went orders from on high honey right yeah i can do we're at war you know and it was like that's kind of weird but all right yeah he's not the one making the decision but he does pass that decision along to miranda he kind of like breaks the news to her like oh hey you tried talking this civilian girl down off the ledge and it didn't work so uh she's being gonna be terminated (laughs) plan b we're gonna fucking throw out of an airlock (laughs) yeah pretty much so he's kind of justifies this. He said, oh, well, we have to because Madrigal is, you know, very strategically important. It's a source of valuable deuterium. We can't just give up control of Madrigal. And that's kind of how he rationalizes it to Miranda. But obviously Miranda's very unhappy. And throughout this scene, we also learn that Dr. Halsey is Miranda's mother. So, oh, hell yeah. Surprise. There you go. Uh, which yep. I think... Which- we we discussed this before recording. We actually mentioned like that's something that was alluded to in the books, but never it, fully confirmed. I don't. Yeah, think. it was like uh, there's honestly like when we say alluded to, we mean alluded to. Like, like there was yeah. a couple of like uh, Halsey's journal that you could only unlock by doing a special mission in Halo Reach. Mm-hmm. Talked about mm-hmm. how like she didn't like being pregnant and like how Catherine does or like uh, that Miranda doesn't even talk to her anymore and right. shit like that. Like yeah. not Miranda, not to mention. You know, she looks just like Cortana in the in the video game. Just you know, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that's a thing. Takes after her mother yeah, that's, that's, and her cyber yeah. mother. <laughs> her cyber, cyber mom, yeah. exactly. And it's like, so it's like it's like wow, they really just like they're like, yep, we're just gonna we're just gonna get that out there real quick. Yeah, like I don't know, that could have been it, maybe something they left off earlier. But also, I we'll get to this in the critique part of mm-hmm. it. But I was also kind of like, you know, they they. They acted like she was estranged to her mom a lot, and I'm kind of like, you guys work in the same building, though. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're, that's not mutually exclusive. You can work on the same in the same building as your mother and have no relationship with her whatsoever. That that can't happen. I guess, but she, but like the way that she was talking was like, I haven't spoken to mom in years, and it's like, really though, you didn't run into her in the parking lot on the way here. The, the what what she actually says is she doesn't really say that they they have no relationship. She really just says that their relationship is strained, and. I think that's yeah. Well, because the the admiral's even like, is this going to be a problem? I've assigned Captain Ke- or Commander Keys to to do the interrogation. Which, by the way, that that admiral plays fast and loose with the uh, interrogations because she was like, we're going to have her debrief when she gets to Halo. One phone call goes bad. Nah, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Fucking yes, <laughs> we her. tried. Get her out of here. <laughs> we tried. Yeah, so that's that's something we're going to have probably a a, a heavy job to uh, tease out as we go through the series as the episodes come out, like. The Halsey Miranda relationship from the canon we have, we already have established versus how it's explored here in the show is going to be interesting. So it's basically made clear that like Miranda's father, Captain Keys, Miranda herself, and Doctor Halsey are not exactly a healthy family unit. <laughs> we, that's that's fair to say. But yeah, so we cut back to the spaceship that John and Quan are flying back to reach on. And John is still like he's he's getting to know Quan a little bit. Like they're they're just having you know small talk. And I I actually really enjoyed the scene where you know they're just they're just oh. sort of like passing time. What, and, what do you what do you eat? Yeah, <laughs> she's eating something, and you know obviously Chief is not eating anything. He still has his helmet on, and so Quan's like, "What are you not hungry?" And uh, he's like, "I didn't see anything I liked." She's like, "What <laughs> she do you goes, like? What do you like to eat?" And he goes, "Nuts." 
bolts, <laughs> wire, <laughs> stuff like that. And yeah, it was great. It was like a nice like, little... Like, ah, ha, ha, get it? Because everyone thinks he's a robot. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Yeah, he's making fun of himself a little bit. So like, but then he receives the kill order on Quan. Like his helmet flashes and says, oh, hey, um, that civilian transporting, uh, she needs to die. Yeah, good so news he, and bad news. He And like at this point, you got to remember, he's still kind of shaken up by the visions he saw from the relic and, you know, his conversation with Quan, he just basically makes the snap decision to disobey orders and keep Quan safe. And in response to this, the UNSC brass try to kill them both by uh, venting the oxygen in the ship they're on. Yep. Well, and, they don't try to kill know, him. They try to they try to knock him out. They're very specific about that. Like, true. Yes. They're like, Let's, that's they're true. Like, kill yeah. her, but knock him out. Yeah. And like his his armor would keep him alive. Yeah. Because he he's, now, they said drop his armor below forty percent. Now also keep in mind this is you know he he's in charge of an actual team so like he's in the mm-hmm. hierarchy like pretty high up for Spartans you know and so him disrespecting if you will or disobeying mm-hmm. an order you know all that stuff like they're not gonna just try to kill him right now right off the bat they're gonna say what the hell's going on we're gonna knock him out and figure it out well captain captain keys even says like in the in the episode he's like this is our most important military asset and you guys are treating it like a play toy yeah but there is that there's that ongoing conversation while chief is like kind of going awol where well where perengoski keys and halsey are all kind of all having this roundabout conversation like how is it possible that you know this programmable raised from childhood super soldier is not doing what it's what he's being told to do like this has never happened before like they yep. make that clear like this is unprecedented so because that's then it's like kind of what happens is he ends up fixing the ship and makes it so there's no more right. vent and then he continues to like try to you know her alive and right it just continuously like spirals from there domino effect Right. Well, yeah, while he's fixing the ship so that Quan doesn't die, uh, Quan tries to kill him. (laughs) She thinks Mm -hmm. that, you know, she can't, you know, she can't trust this super soldier who took her from her destroyed home. Like he represents the UNSC. And so so that means to her, she can't he can't be trusted. He is the symbol of everything that she has been taught to fear. Exactly. Yes. Spartans were Uh, boogeymen who come for you in the middle of the night. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's. I, we, we should mention that at the beginning of the show, her insurgent friends were all kind of swapping stories about, you know, fighting UNSC Marines, and then someone brings up the Spartans, and then the table kind of goes quiet, and all of them are like, oh, man, Spartans are no joke. You don't, you run when you see them. Like, they're, they're, they're unstoppable. They're not human, yep. yada, yada. So, yeah, I think Which that's Which, at the same extremely... time, when they show up on Madrigal, the elites are like, oh, God, it's the demon. Yeah. Right, yeah. He has that nickname already, so that's gone. That's, that's good. good. Yeah, that was, that was cool. So yeah, it's it's very well put, Jaden. That he is what she was brought up to uh, distrust and fear, and so she shoots at him. And he, well, she doesn't shoot him. She's like, "I'm gonna." She shoot threatens you. him. He yeah. threatens to shoot. Oh yeah, him. I thought she. I thought she actually did. Which shoot him, which yeah, then no, he she, has that great he has that great line where he's just like, "You aren't like this won't even dent that." Yeah, my you, I'm wearing a Mark Six Mjolnir armor. You're you're not gonna even gonna dent it. And so he has that really cool moment where he says, "If you want to kill me, you're gonna to have to aim here." And he takes off his helmet. Which that and, is that um, is gonna be the, that is gonna be the spoiler so alert. There's, there's another people. helmet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I said no, that out no loud while watching it. He's taking the helmet off. That like, and then there's another helmet. Which, that would have been God, hilarious. That would have been the greatest thing in the world because that would have been such a callback to the. I think it was the legendary edition of Combat Evolved. Yeah, right, you could like, like do ha, like ha, uh, camera mode, and then you can you could uh, mm-hmm. like spread back and then you can see him take his helmet off and it's just the same thing <laughs> that would have been a hell of an easter egg for sure but but no when he when he removes his helmet and he's kind of like having this 
moment of appealing to their common humanity. It's an actually really heartwarming, you know, kind of scene where he removes his helmet and you just see he's just a guy. He's a he's just a human man, you know. He looks a little beaten up, a little scarred, a little weathered, but he's still just a guy. And I think seeing him face to face, you know, Quan realizes maybe he really is on my side. And uh, they they sort of decide to work together. But all, while all this is happening, the UNSC is getting ready to uh, kill her and bring him in alive as, as, you know, however they have to. We'll give his brain a good cleaning and we'll put him back in his suit. Well, right. what happens is he takes he turns the camera off for the entire ship, like all the cameras. He right. turns them all off and then we end up seeing uh, they're, they're kind of like freaking out and they're like, what do we do? He just turned the cameras off. And so we go into like a weird, like almost like a sonar style kind of makes them look like a video game uh, to like look mm-hmm. at the ship and see what they're doing. And mm-hmm. right before that scene too, we see Halsey kind of going through like what happened to him when he touched the machine and it basically lit right. up like his entire neural system like a Christmas tree. It was like, and it kind of like, we don't know what it did, but it was pretty and that's basically... You know, we see him do this, and Halsey's like running around the entire time as all this mm-hmm. stuff is happening. Happening, she's just like going back and forth between office and the command center and all that kind of stuff. Right. And she also goes and visits Silver Team because Silver Team has been ordered to neutralize uh, John, and she kind of privately, secretly countermands those orders and asks Silver Team bring him back alive, however you have to. And so that's kind of like overriding their existing orders and giving them new ones. She said, if anybody is, if anybody tries to attack the Master Chief, they are an enemy. And right. one of the cool little fun tidbits was in the beginning when they're talking about the Spartans at that like gambling table, mm-hmm. um, when those rebel scum are talking about uh, Spartans, they say that, uh, you know, you may have fought a bunch of Marines, but each Spartan is worth at least 100 Space Marines. Mm-hmm. And then when we cut to right when, when she's talking to all these Spartans, you have hundreds of Space Marines right. just running out trying to get ready to stop Chief. Yeah, they're setting up like machine gun nests and just getting ready to just blow their uh, their ship out of the air. And... That's pretty much what they do. The uh, The ship gets shot down by an EMP blast, basically just kind of crashes intact. John and Quan um, are kind of out of options. They're pinned down. They have Marines beating down their door, silver teams right outside, ready to ready to kill their own men if they have to to bring John back alive. And so it's it's kind of like all hope seems lost. They're, you know, out of options. But at the last second, John touches the magical artifact again, and its energy sort of reactivates the damaged spaceship and they are able to fly away. Maybe not to safety, but at least out of the immediate uh, situation. And it EMPs, like, the whole city. Yeah, they kind of shut down all of Fleetcom (laughs) on their way out to make sure they can get away safely. So that's, and that's where the episode ends. We're we're kind of given this open-ended, like, where are they going to go next? Uh, What's going to happen? We will see in the next episode. All right, we're going to keep this conversation going, but first, a quick break. Okay, so we've broken down episode one of the Halo series, uh, titled Contact. We've kind of explored uh, the main story beats. We've had some observations on uh, interesting translations of the established lore and uh, 
just interesting things we've noticed about the episode. But I think here we're going to get into some general takeaways, maybe critiques, maybe things we liked, things we didn't like, and uh, wrap it up there. So I'll just say right off the bat, I think I mentioned this earlier, but my first impression was the opening battle scene on Madrigal was strong. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was actually watching it with my fiance. I was on the couch and I like, she probably, she probably noticed me like, you know, like clapping and like, or like, I was just kind of doing the, yeah, fuck yeah. Like kind of poses. And like, <laughs> I was like, I was like pumping my fist. Like that was awesome. And she was like laughing. So yeah, there were things that I was like really engaged with. And I just enjoyed the exposition of, you know, we mentioned, we mentioned the insurgents earlier, uh, how we're finally seeing the fringes of UNSC society. We're seeing like, the people yep. who struggle against the authority and how they still suffer at the hands of the of the covenant and so like the first battle scene i think just did such a great job of establishing how terrifying the covenant are to average humans like if you're just living on some you know bumfuck nowhere you know uh outpost on a desert planet no one's no one visits and the sangheli show up and start blasting you and your oh, yeah. friends and your family you know just the terror that that imparts in you and then the subsequent amazement at seeing spartans arrive and fight back against the aliens like i think the spectacle was really on point there. i i thought i thought it was it wasn't um the choreograph wasn't weak i think the the weak part was and i was telling you guys this earlier like when halo odst and like halo 3 even halo 2 came out they had these commercials that were really really good it had a lot of practical effects and the cg was fine obviously like that's where the majority of the budget went some parts and sequences kind of looked a little cheesy to me like fan filmish i i do remember my favorite part of the whole thing was when i forget i don't know who the spartan is but he like stabs he picks up literally just like a steel rod and just starts like donatelloing the whole Mm -hmm. thing with a, a couple of elites and then he stabs one and just picks him up with it and I was like, that's fucking badass. Um, I, right. I thought the opening sequence was really cool. Like, I, it, was, it definitely immersed me a little bit more um, than I thought it would. I really liked that they were even talking about how the Spartans, like the origins of the Spartans in terms of why they were made, like to quell human rebellion mm-hmm. in colonies. And I thought that was really cool mm-hmm. because in the games, you don't, you don't hear it enough because like we are a Spartan yeah. and we're the hero and that's the whole point. And so I think it was really cool that they at least give us the touch of like how Spartans were not really made to fight the covenant. They're just like a mm-hmm. convenient existence to fight the covenant. And um, it, it, we were lucky yeah. they existed. And, at the time, and I, yeah. <laughs> and I think that that was really cool. Like that got me excited in the first scene. Cause it was literally the first scene was just talking about Spartans and how they're just here to kill humans. Um, and I thought also that the the weapons of the Covenant looked like it did work. Like, their weapons obviously looked yeah. more uh, advanced. The damage was more advanced. Literally, people were getting limbs blown off, and then they were just getting mm-hmm. evaporated. Well, and also, the majority of the guns we saw were insurgent guns, so I think they imply right. that those guns aren't as good as right. UNSC top-of-the-line yeah. military equipment. Um, some but, of the things that took me out, too, were, like, I saw, like, you know, a truck from, you know, like, 1998 or something like that, or, like, 2000-something. Like, I saw a truck, and I was just like, that doesn't look like it would fit 500 years from now, yeah. but all right. Someone's not a fan of Firefly, then. <laughs> no, I'm fine with it. I was just, it was just, like, it took me out for a second, because yeah. I was like, wait, isn't this supposed to be the far future? But overall, I mean, I liked that they they uh, 
they touched on that kind of stuff, and it, the space drugs were kind of funny to me. I thought that was hilarious. I, I will say that we have to mention this, and there's been a lot of hullabaloo about an article that came out like two days before the show premiered, where one of the, I want to say, producers or showrunners said, we didn't study the games when we made this show, we studied the characters. Mm -hmm. And that got a lot of flack. Mm -hmm. Understandably so, at least I think. You know, from people who love the series. I'm going to honestly say the first half of that show, uh, I would have called that person a liar. Because I was like, man, uh, the showrunners might not have watched it, but the VFX producers definitely did. Like, they definitely played those games. Because, I mean, at one point, I'm literally watching it, and one of the elites just goes, wart, wart, wart. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, holy crap. Like, all the the guns sounded the same. All the sound effects. The shields, the... Yeah, like... Through the shields going down and then recharging. So his shields could reload. Which, I okay, I will say this. I wish they added, like, a shimmer onto him to, like, show his shields up. I don't know. In in the world where Dune exists, and they were able to adequately show the shields in Dune, you know... Loading. I wish they would have done a little bit more because, like, movie when, budgets and TV budgets are potatoes and earth. I see. You can't say that though because they yeah, spent twelve nowadays. million dollars an episode on this Halo series. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I also so, one, of, uh, one other thing that I noticed, like a subtle thing, was if you looked at the symbol for the team, it was one of like it's very resemblance of kind of one of the um like the symbols you can use for Halo. Like I usually do a wolf oh. with like the saw blade. That's mine. And they had, like, a wolf, and, like, they had the whole thing, man. Like, it was so good. Like, I think that shit, like, the little subtle details like that, that looked really fucking cool, man. Again, the VF the VFX players are nerds, and they've definitely played the games. Yeah. But I don't know about right. the showrunners. Because, like, the second half, when they started getting into the character and the relationship stuff, I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know about this. Like, Captain Keys is a desk clerk now, and I'm like, that doesn't feel yeah. right. Yeah, okay, so... I did want to touch on that, but I want to move through the rest of my points first. Uh, yes, please. N- yes, no, I, I hold on to that thought. I have some thoughts on keys too, but but no, like we mentioned the sound effects. I, I wanted to say the shields going down and recharging, exact same sound effects. Chef's they kiss did they did the me. POV shot from his yes, helmet that looked that just like the game. Like that, that looked good. How they yeah. were like moving weapons from one another. Like yeah. Oh yeah that that was really honestly I laughed when they did that. Yeah, I went ah like because they didn't have a marine there for him to steal a gun yep. from. So he was just like. He had to willingly be like, here you go, chief. I'll just say in general, I think the, you know, we, we mentioned VFX, but like just props, the vehicles, the set design, the sound design, they're top notch to me. I feel like I'm seeing weapons that I'm used to shooting in the games, like the assault rifles, the, the DMR that one of the, one of Silver Team has, the pistols were, you know, perfect recreations. The Warthogs toward the, later in the, uh, later in the episode, they literally have the same gas cans yep. in the back of the Warthogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's so many details that, you know, I'm getting the flavor of Halo. I'm like, okay, this is fucking Halo. I'm, I'm getting all the flavors, all the visual yeah. and audio flavors. But moving on to something else I liked. Well, I, I guess I'm mixed on this, but uh, we're just gonna. Say, I'm just gonna say Pablo Schreiber, the actor mm. as John as John One One Seven. He's solid to me. I liked him a lot. I just think he's gonna need to grow on me, and he's really gonna have to grow on a lot of fans because I think we've we've touched on this before we started recording, but I think it's very very hard to follow in Steve Downs' footsteps. It's, you know, it, and it's, here's the thing, is like, it's like whoever is going to follow up and play Wolverine. Like, exactly, you know, yeah. He's not Hugh Jackman, but he's going right. to be Danny DeVito. You know, it's like, we're <laughs> right. still going to love him. Yeah. They're not going to do yeah. Danny DeVito, but like, we're, whoever, whoever they're going to come up with, like, you're just going to have to get some, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some getting used to, you know, yeah. it's new Coke, it's, you know, it's the <laughs> right. new flavor, Honest, right. but it's still Honest, the same person. I was like, I was like, ah! 
eh, I'm fine with it. Like, maybe they could have done, like, you know, the whole uh, Sam Witwier is the voice of Darth Maul now, but yeah. Ray Park still does the voice or, like, the motions for him. But, right. I mean, Connor pointed out, I was like, why the, f- why the hell would they do that when you can just have <laughs> yeah. a new actor for cheaper? Just and I was like, no, that's guy, a great yeah. point. It is cheaper. You're right. But also, they spent $12 million an episode. Dude, it adds up. Like, uh, you gotta pay all uh, the actors. No, yeah, no. I get you. Like, you're right, you're right. Voice Chief... actors get paid too much, right, Kevin? <laughs> no. We get paid jack shit. Why do you think everybody's trying to go union? With him, okay, so first off, I usually call him Master John 117 Halo Chief. But now I'm just gonna have to call him, you know, Master Porn Stash Chief. Because okay. I, I am so, like, it got, like, I was I didn't okay so I'll, I'll tell you I did not go into this knowing anybody who was going to be in the cast except for like one person and I didn't expect it to be him so when he took his helmet off I had a lot of emotions the first one I was terrified of him taking his helmet off because I knew it was coming but I was just really like I don't know because I'm kind of I, I was on the fence of like I was hoping yeah. they were going to pull a pull a Pedro Pascal from Mandalorian it's like hey we're going to We'll do this reveal like episode nine or whatever, but then they just did it right away. I know. Oh, also, counterpoint, counterpoint to you, Connor. I'm sorry, I'm derailing you a little bit, but uh, Jen Brown is apparently coming back to voice Cortana. Jen Brown? I thought it was uh, Jen Taylor. Or Jen Taylor. It, whoever the original voice of Cortana is coming back to voice Cortana for the show. That's cool. But they didn't do the voice for Master Chief. Couldn't come back. It was just like Ag- God again dang it. because you can't have Steve Downs in the armor. It just wouldn't work. He's too old. Whoa. Whoa. I'm, Whoa. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, no, but, but you can't. Like he just wouldn't look. But right. like having having the helmet come off. So like I yeah. remember we've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. But at first I was like I don't know. The helmet is you know we did it in Mandalorian and it worked and I didn't really have a problem. I could see the emotion you know just through the voice. Like I could understand it. However, when he did take the helmet off, all right, I was sold. Yeah. I was into it. Yeah. Like I think he like the way he looked. Like, you could just see the pain in his eyes, and, like, obviously we know he's going to be trying to kind of regain his humanity, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of obvious as to what's going to be happening here. And I always think of that, um, that, cl- that, like, GIF clip from the one trailer where they're talking about how Spartans have had aggressive problems, and some of them, you know, suffer from depression and all sorts of, like, total mind fuck-ups from what they've been mm-hmm. through. And... I think of that Spartan that's just sitting there reloading a weapon, looking depressed at the right. ground. And that triggered me when I like like when I saw him, that's exactly what I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm into it. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's just try it. Let's see what happens. And yeah, he's no, a good I, actor, so I'm not gonna complain, honestly. Right. No, that's exactly what I thought the entire time the concept of Master Chief taking off his helmet on screen was in the conversation. I thought that's what I want. I want to explore who John 117 is as a human being. And I think you have to rip that bandit off early. Like, yeah. why wait five, five or so episodes to, like, explore him as a person when you could just kind of get that, you know, get into it from the beginning? And so I like the helmet scene. I thought it was necessary, and I thought it was impactful. Um, I just hope that that is sort of the introduction to a longer conversation on you know what's going on inside of inside of his head what does he do with these revelations about his memories and where he where he came from his life before he was a spartan um i hope that there's like a really layered exploration of that and that the helmet reveal is just the beginning of exploring him as a person and not just as a 
soldier killing machine. See, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Connor, just because I, I know of instances where having the helmet on for the show or movie is just fine and you're able to explore these themes without doing it. I mean, Judge Dredd, Carl Urban doesn't take off the helmet sure. once. Sure, But we also don't really get into his head the entire time. We just see him kill guys, which is fine. Like, yeah. That's what that movie's we, about. I, yes, but at the same time, uh, we haven't taken... Chief, Chief still hasn't taken his helmet off in any of the games that we're able to follow uh, in uh, his uh, thinking. Uh, actually. He take, okay, he takes actually. it off for like two seconds at the end of Halo 4. That doesn't count. You don't see his face. Oh, so, yeah. You see, like, the you see his eyes. You see this. You do the not, whole You don't thing. see his eyes. You see the sunken parts of his face. You do not no, see no, his No, 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 no. You, you got to beat it on Legendary. I think it's like Halo 5. You have to beat it on Legendary, and then they like you take the helmet You're, off, and then you see his actual We're getting in the weeds. Lights. We're getting in the weeds. In the yeah, weeds. Yeah, yeah. All right. See, this is semantics. what we said we didn't want to do. We're way but semantics. Yeah. But okay, I, get, I still I, believe that I still believe that you were able to tell a good story without taking the helmet off of a character. I think that it's just a Hollywood thing where they have to, you know, the actor gets paid and he wants to be able to show his face. That's and fair. So it's like it's like that's why Spider-Man pulls his mask off. Mm. That's why you know Captain America only fights with his helmet sometimes on. It's because. The actor wants to make sure that his face is out there. They don't want to be, I, you know. I take a, your point. The actor who plays Friday the Thirteenth. It's right. like I, I feel like it's a, a thing that they didn't have to do, but I feel like someone said they had to do it to tell a good story, and I just, I disagree with it. But at the same time, you're right. It could be something that in the future, like five episodes down the line, when he doesn't wear his helmet at all anymore, and I'll be like cool, this version of Master Chief, it makes sense for me to not have his helmet on anymore. Well, I'm not saying he needs to, like, keep it off or anything like that. And I, I take your point, like, it didn't need to happen. I'm not saying it needed to happen. I'm, I'm just saying it was a good use of that moment. Like, it served the story in that moment because Quan thinks this is just a faceless killing machine, and he shows her that he's not just a faceless killing machine. He's a human being. So if it serves the story in the moment... I think it's a good use of that story moment. It could have happened later. It could have been maybe more impactful later, but it was impactful when it needed to be impactful, and it served the story of this particular episode. It's, it's and I think mind. also one of the reasons why we feel so strongly about this either way is just we've seen so many Spartan faces before. We just haven't seen his. Mm. And so yep. for this to happen, it's kind of a big moment. Yeah. And if you think about, like Connor said, like, it serves the story, like it serves the purpose. Yeah. If you really sit and think about it, even with game lore, it's kind of makes sense for the situation yeah. because, again, they, they 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 touch upon it in the beginning. You know, Spartans—they're just killing machines. They were they were created to kill mm -hmm. us. So she's she's a a person that they were created to destroy, mm -hmm. and so I think that to show that it's like, hey we're all human or hey you know it's a matter of perspective blah 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 war you know you can go all attack on titan if you want i don't care it's it's just to show hey i am not i'm i'm not anything different necessarily than you i am i am a human and i think that it definitely like i said i was so i, I was really on the fence but i really think it served its mm. purpose in the moment I also didn't like his beard. <laughs> his beard is fine. I just, well, <laughs> hey, you know, he is in the military. He probably shouldn't be having a beard, but he yeah. does have a helmet on, so nobody's No one's going to say so, shit to know. him about it, though. Like, oh, uh, Master Chief, you need to shave that. And he goes, uh, I need to shave what? And they'll say, and never mind, I mean, never mind, listen, sorry. He's, no. a, he's, a, he's a, 
He's a Master Chief Petty Officer, man. He's so low on that totem pole, uh, a fucking colonel's gonna walk up to him and be like, that's not regulation. Anyway, I, I do need to point out, uh, you reminded me, Kevin, I forgot to mention this earlier. It was We, we skipped over something pretty important. We, we find out that Master Chief is responsible for the death of Quan's mother years prior. Yes. Apparently he had been on a mission uh, to take out some uh, insurgent leaders and one of the people killed in that raid was Quan's mother. So it's kind of like she has every reason to hate this man, to not trust him at all. And she even says like she he 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 tells her like the there were orders, the orders changed and and the orders were changed to like, you know, basically like an insurgent bomb mm-hmm. threat. And she goes, what, on it, a group of insurgents? That makes no sense. And he's like, he even, like, finishes the sentence for her. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And she's like, and you don't question it? And he's like, looks at her, and he's just like, you know, like, kind of like, why would I? Right. It's an order. And she's just like, come on, dude. And then, you know, like, he's already touched the, the artifact, and so he's kind of already starting to kind of, you know, get these visions and stuff. And he's already changing. Uh, it did feel a little Mass Effect-y as soon as he touches the artifact. You know, he gets there some were, visions yeah. and stuff. I did I did think that was kind of cool, personally. Um, I felt like we brushed over that fact that it, that her mom was killed by Chief, though, a little bit. It felt was just kind of like, oh, by the way, you murdered my mom. It was like, wait, go back. Hold on. Re- rewind. And he was just like, yes, I did. I was like, wait, why is this he not a bigger still- reveal here? But... But see, here's the thing, like, his reaction to these kinds of things, even though he's already starting to, like, uh, reawaken whatever and all this stuff, like, I do think that it shows how programmable these Spartans mm-hmm. are because they just, you know, he, he didn't really have humanity towards it. He was like, you know, oh, okay. Yeah. The way their cadence when they speak, the way they interact it definitely feels robotic and i think it it shows how when he took his helmet off it was like like i can finally breathe you know what i mean like i can finally breathe past the mask and the mask was like you know his his cell if you will like he's being controlled by the unsc and like obviously we have halsey being a piece of shit and everybody hates her already like great this is awesome but it really you know I think all those things from the books and the shows, like all that, I, I love it, like in the in the games and stuff. But this, I really think, like, it was finally him actually awakening yeah. after he took that. Home. Deciding to start thinking for himself and disobey orders he knows yeah. are not justifiable, um, and there are many influences that lead him to that point. And that's kind of like that was the climax of the episode. Is just you know all these things coming together to push him in the direction of. This isn't right. I can think for myself. And um, that, I think that was a cool moment. It's a cool payoff. There are a couple of loose ends to tie up here, here in the episode. A couple of little threads I wanted to bring up as well. Jaden, you and I talked about uh, Captain Keys as a character. And I will just say, first of all, kind of my leading thought here is that after this first episode, you know, we were in, like, first episode, a pilot episode, like, like Contact here, a pilot episode, you know, a big job of pilots is to introduce characters and kind of tell you what they're all about. You know, show you what what their deal is, and I'm just saying for now, after one episode in, I do hope these supporting characters kind of step more fully into themselves as the series progresses. And my big example of that is Captain Keys. Uh, Jaden, I'll let you tee off in a second here, but I'm just gonna say really quick that he he's kind of being relegated to this middle manager type who just sort of goes along with the bureaucracy. And I feel like so far, at least with this first episode. That's kind of a waste of his character. Like, because in the games, Captain Keys is this 
guts and glory, blood and thunder leading man, like, you know, the, the kind of officer, this kind, the kind of starship captain you'd follow into Leads the gates of hell. from the front. He's, yes, he's a very, you know, headstrong but wise, you know. He's, he's a leader. He's a very decisive guy. And in the show, he's just some dude who says, oh, well, my hands are tied. What are you going to do? So maybe that's setting him up for growth later, I hope. But that's that's my I first mean, impression. At the, least. I mean, the best example of Captain Keys, even from the games, like they they, get, they expand upon in the books. But like Captain Keys is required by law to carry a pistol with him while he is on service on a ship. Mm-hmm. But he never keeps the pistol loaded because he knows it's useless. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't need to keep this loaded. It makes no sense for me to have a have a gun like this when I'm in command of a, this giant, massive starship. Covered in nukes and Mac covered guns in nukes and, and archer <laughs> missiles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's he's practical. Right. Yeah, and which which is where like like which is uh, he he has this mind that thinks. Whereas at the same time, like this version of Captain Keys is like, well, my hands are tied, honey. You know, she has to die. It's <laughs> the like, teenager civilian has telling to die. his telling his his daughter like, <laughs> yeah, you know, if 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 roles were reversed, I'd be totally fine with them murdering you. It's like, wait, no, what? What do you what do you mean? I I, I try to. The, when I was watching it, when I was watching it and he was kind of being a pushover, I kind of kept thinking to myself, like, even though he's older, like, he's obviously an older guy, I kind of feel like, how long has he had this rank? Like, how long has he been in charge of what he's been in charge of? How long has he been, you know, aware of what's going on? So, like, I'm kind of just looking at it that way, but yeah. that obviously is my own perspective and my own no. take on it. But it, I mean... His daughter is not, she doesn't look like she's, you know, maybe older than like 30, not even. Like she still looks easily in her 20s, which, which would, which yeah, would she match looks with super young. Commander Keys from the game. Right. Like Commander Keys is not that much older. But I see, but like that's the thing, like she looks super young. And so, like, I kind of, I don't know, I feel like he can't be that far mm. in his career. No, he will. is. Like, he's he's got, he's still be, a captain. He's a captain, which is, as a Navy rank, is. I mean, yeah, hard. but like, again, did he just. To answer your question, Kevin, to answer your question, in the, in the lore, even as a commander, which in the Navy is a lower rank than captain, as a commander of a destroyer mm-hmm. before he mm-hmm. was captain of the cruiser uh, Pillar of Autumn, he was a very, a very you know, go-getter, lead-from-the-front kind of guy, also a tactical genius. But so, like, it's kind of oh, yeah. weird that, like, as a captain, he's not leading a ship, he's just at headquarters, and he's just kind of a paper pusher. Yeah. So, it, he feels like he, he, he feels like a desk clerk, and I'm like, yeah. now, now... Episode two could roll around, and they're like, "All right, go get in your ship, the Pillar right. of Autumn, maybe, and yeah. hunt down Master Chief." And now, yeah, which, but like, which, sorry. by the way, uh, I, don't know. I just need to get this out there and say this: Where the fuck was Sergeant Johnson? I know. Where, the where f- is he? Where is where he? Where the hell is this. Sergeant Johnson? I, like, I if you need... want to introduce a character he's gonna be in this. that like yeah. everyone will love and relate, where the fuck is they he? might they might be holding out on that one they're gonna they're picking their moment for that one i hope so, maybe because i because like i i cared more about him than all of like i'm gonna be honest i've been you know playing halo you know since halo one and i'm still like like after ever since three i'm like there's not been a side character that i've loved more than sergeant johnson yeah he's, he's timeless you know throw him in there yeah. like that's the character you need to like give some humanity to master chief i agree kevin you had a you had a question still Well, i don't know I, i'm just i kind of think that all of this stuff that we've already like seen some of, you know, Halsey's mm-hmm. very secretive, right? Like all of her sure, shit's sure. already very secretive sure. still. And I just kind of feel like if he's on reach, there's a reason he's on reach. And, and obviously my brain's pulling in outside lore, but like if he's on reach, there's a reason he's on reach. And maybe, you know, I mean, you're in the military, especially the UNSC, like that's all mm-hmm. super bureaucratic mm-hmm. crap. 
like you don't have as much power as you may think you have in the military when yeah. you keep going up in rank. And so like I feel like maybe when he mm-hmm. says my hands are tied kind of situation, I genuinely think it's like military order, like you're new mm-hmm. to this situation and you should just yeah, no, it, I, I, I will say it, it makes sense in the context of the show, and we've, we've kind of touched on that overarching point before, like when you're translating characters from a game to a television show, there are going to be some bumps in the road. It's not going to be a one-to-one, you know, kind of carbon yeah. copy, but just, it just, I, I think Jade and I are on the same, on the same point here, is that, like, maybe it makes sense in the show, maybe it'll, like, kind of develop into something better later. Episode two, that Admiral could awesome. be it'll like, make go, sense. go kill him, go hunt him down, <laughs> right. murder it him. Right, might, it might make more sense down the road but just in this first episode it's jarring to see captain keys in that situation knowing that's, what we know about i mean that's my character. big thing as i was like like yeah. i don't know i i was like uh, the unsc is this giant military operation and i'm like halsey being on reach that's fine commander yeah. keys is also on reach working with her in the same building sure oh and her dad also works i was like what nepotism is this i know it's weird yeah i think she's well, a remember spread time. out your right spread out your keys man come on <laughs> but also guys remember this that's not sword base. That's the key ring, is what that is. <laughs> but like, remember when, in the beginning, when the Covenant attack, the rebels—they're like, I thought this was just you know propaganda. I didn't think this was real. It is real. It's they're real. The alien. Like, this is the beginning of like basically the Covenant contact, where sort this is this yeah. is the start of it. Like, that's why I think it's so. This has to, obviously, again, this is taking place in a different Mm -hmm. timeline, different Mm -hmm. world, if you will, but it's also taking place way far back before anything happened on Reach. Right, right. So, yeah, like, at at the end of the day, we'll see what they end up doing with these characters that we know of already, and... Um, it's, it's just, we just have to understand it's going to be different. It's, it's not going to be the games we've, we've kind of, uh, belabored that point by now, but that's, that's what we have to keep reminding ourselves. But one kind of final, uh, loose thread I wanted to touch on are just a couple of other supporting characters. Um, first of all, I just want to say Parangoski, Admiral Parangoski. My impression of her is that she's just as ruthless and pragmatic. She's an asshole and I love it. Cold and incisive. As I expected from her, her to be from the books. In the books, like that's exactly what it's you perfect. get. So I think that's a really nice translation. They handled that uh, pretty well. That's a good use of that character. Um, I liked her tense sort of verbal sparring with Halsey. They're like you know a, a, a battle of wills. I was, I, I was expecting like when I read the name, I was expecting like an angry Russian lady, but this interpretation of it is is as good if not better. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Natasha McElhone. I'm I'm probably butchering that McElhone. Uh, as as Halsey, I I like her screen presence. Uh, I am just hoping to see more of that trademark Halsey arrogance come out. Like in the games and yeah. the books, uh, Doctor Halsey is like she knows she's the smartest person in the room at all times and makes you aware of it too. And I yeah, think it, this the Admiral kind of bullies the, Halsey a little too a little, much yeah, for my liking. I'm like, a little shouldn't bit. Halsey be like firing back at her? What does Halsey do? Halsey just is, like takes it in public and like mm-hmm. shows like yo okay, mm-hmm. and then goes behind her back and then starts right. doing her own. Thing. She's always that's, working an angle. Yeah, yeah. I I will say like Captain Keys. We're talking about side characters. Like his his presence. Like it hasn't. It's not enough for me to say like oh yeah, it's perfect. But like I mean, it's not bad. The character yeah, so far so good. Uh, weird, Key, yeah. Yeah, Miranda Keys is so far so good. I'm just like yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm waiting for bullets to start flying around yeah. them before I see if they're 
closer to the characters right. than what I'm we need you to, know, yeah. used to seeing. We need to see them tested. <laughs> really exactly. put to the, like, to the like, like they're, they're just the, Those two characters are just so no-nonsense in the games. Yeah. I'm just expecting them to be more like that yeah. in the show. And it just like all we've seen in them is a very is very emotionally, which to be fair, we didn't get that because by the time we met Miranda, Captain Keys is already fucking dead. Right, so right. just throw them in a tutorial and then we'll see what. Happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I guess lastly is just Cortana. Uh, that's kind of the big elephant in the room right now. Kind of. Yep. You know, when talking about Cortana from the games, just for context for anyone not aware, Cortana in the games and in the established lore is an a- an AI, uh, an artificial intelligence built on basically a you know a crystalline neuro uh, neural interface basically uh, an artificial brain modeled after dr halsey's brain so cortana basically originated as a digital ai clone of dr halsey more or less but it looks like in the show they're going in a slightly different direction where it's almost like halsey's literally just cloning herself physically in a new body and that might take shape as cortana later on in the series i'm curious how that's going to pan out what's going to be different about it um because cortana as a breathing physical person that's hard to imagine because we're so used to her being like a digital entity that can be uploaded downloaded transferred moved around and stuff so that's gonna be weird i, I don't know what they'll do with that she's gonna be master chief's guy in the chair and it's gonna <laughs> like, be like his not Oracle, in his head almost. it's gonna be in a literal chair yeah, maybe on a computer somewhere else maybe yeah but yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, episode one of Halo. Um, episode one, Contact, in a nutshell. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, I will just say, to wrap up, that um, I really enjoyed it overall. I wasn't blown away. I wasn't, like, completely, you know, left. Like, that was perfect, 10 out of 10, no notes. But, like, I did enjoy it, and I'm ready for more. I'm curious and optimistic for more, cautiously optimistic for more. Um, I will just say, well... What do you What do you guys think for final thoughts? Anything uh, we've missed or anything last Any last bits you want to touch on, Kevin? Um, I had fun, mm-hmm. and I think that's the whole point. Is like I I enjoyed it. I had fun. It was cool to see like live action versions of weapons and like armor and just like all the aesthetic. It was really cool to see. I think budgetary wise, it. I, I, uh, with the budget it had, I still think like some of the CG was kind of in the beginning. Like obviously, most of the CG I think like the budget, if you will, went towards the ending stuff. Um, obviously, when you have a darker um, scene, the you don't have to you know worry too much about it. It's gonna look good usually when it's darker anyway. So like having it on a desert planet with all these CG aliens running around, explosions, all sorts of stuff. Like obviously it it, it looked a little weird at times. I think the f- physics and like how you know Spartans landed when they jumped and that kind of stuff looked a little off to me. Even when they when Chief picks up the machine gun and starts shooting he like starts shooting at the ground, which was really Mm -hmm. weird, but like it uh, very obviously was like little explosions on the Mm -hmm. ground. Like there, there were effects wise. It threw me a little out because I kind of was just like "Eh." the halo two anniversary cutscenes looked better than this. And like, you know, there were just some, some of it. That's, that was (laughs) honestly, that's my biggest critique is quality of CG. (laughs) But, um, Overall, I mean, I think the human being a part of the Covenant was 
the fuck's up with that? I obviously yeah. will find out. I thought that was weird. I thought it was interesting that she was reading Alice in Wonderland. I had fun with that. I thought that was a really cool little thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I liked it. Like, I thought mm-hmm. it was fun. Like that, it was it was cool. It was different, and obviously, I am not used to it because we've been dealing with these characters and all sorts of stuff in this universe for mm-hmm. years. So to have a new perspective and a new kind of take on it. It's going to be jarring for us, but I can guarantee you if, like, you know, some kid who's never seen Halo or something like that watched this show, if they were allowed to due to the gore, if they were allowed to, they would be like, well, that's really cool. Like, they would have fun, and I I think that's really what it is. I mean, I didn't feel disrespected in any way in terms of, like, how characters were handled, and I was just kind of like, cool, this is cool. I'm down for it. Let's keep going. Yeah. Jaden, what about you? I don't want to sound negative. Uh, I mean, I know that's what I normally do is that I sound negative. Um, I overall, I, I liked a lot of it. I have questions about a couple of things. Uh, and the fact that it's a non-canon story means it's essentially harmless. Hmm. So, you know, they could have master chief, uh, shooting babies and I'd be like, well, it's not canon. So who cares? (laughs) Um, wow. But I, I think honestly, like the, the, the story they have is intriguing enough for me to keep watching. And the fact that we're doing a podcast play-by-play of it is not going to hurt that sure. either. Yeah. So um, I think, honestly, it's it's got a decent start. I think that the people who hate it are hating it way too much. Mm-hmm. Do I think there are problems with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that being said, it is episode one. And if I'm still the same way by the end, I would be surprised because obviously people are getting paid way more than I am to come up with these stories you know, and make them good. So hopefully, you know, my opinion of it will change later. I mean, heck, they did like 260 drafts of this first episode. So wow. you know, the sky's the limit from there. Yeah, no kidding. Well, cool. Yeah. Um, what I will part with is just that uh, my take on Halo in general is that I think the idea of fighting to defend humanity, even if you're no longer fully human, is, in my opinion, one of the most important and enduring themes of Halo. And from this first episode, I think the showrunners have at least a baseline understanding of that theme from what I've seen so far. Because John's dreams, his visions from his life before he was a Spartan from his childhood, and then his decision to defy orders to protect a civilian, that indicates to me that throughout the course of this first season, at least, he'll truly explore his own humanity and what it means to him. And if that turns out to be the case, I'll be I'll consider this show a win in general, not like a perfect, flawless victory, but it'll at least have done its job at the end if that turns out to be the case. And so, look, if you and anybody listening to this, if, if you guys have any things you want to add or any kind of discussion you want to have or, uh, you know, if you have any extra takes, hot takes. We have an email. We have all sorts yeah. of stuff. I would love yes. to hear what everybody says. Besides just looking at my Twitter feed, I would love to like actually hear what the community genuinely thinks about this. Absolutely. Yes, please. Absolutely. And feel free to reach out to any of us on Twitter or please reach out to any of the, the at lore underscore party. Anywhere there, we will be happy to respond. We might even be able to, to bring up some comments on a later episode. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what did you think of the helmet scene? What did you think of the CG? What did you think of the, the supporting characters? Tell us everything. Uh, you can email us, lorepartypodcast at gmail.com. 
And yes, we're, you know, the three of us are on Twitter. You can look us up. Lore underscore party on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, don't be strangers. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, with that, though, I think that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. You can also rate us on Spotify. Uh, so that'd be appreciated as well. And we'll catch you next time for the next episode of the Halo series on Paramount+. Plus. See you then.